and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello, folks, and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. The Sales Chat Show dream team are in the studio, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen, and I am Simon Hazeldean. And this episode is called How to Stop Wasting Your Time and Start Winning Business Instead. And this was inspired by some work I've been doing with a client recently in the technology industry let's just let's just keep it nice and confidential and talking to some of their internal account managers who are managing the sort of the small medium businesses in, from an internal perspective so not the big huge key accounts uh, or enterprise level accounts and a number of them were saying that they had a hundred, a hundred and fifty, two hundred accounts sometimes on their account list to, to sort of quote unquote look after and sell to. And uh, we're a little bit overwhelmed, I think. Imagine. And so I thought, right, let's let's paint a scenario that somebody has taken over a territory like that. And they've got this array of customers and it doesn't have to be that many, right? Even if you've got 10, 20, something like that, you've got a number of opportunities sitting in your CRM system and you go, where on earth do I, where do I start? What on earth do I do to make sure I'm not wasting my time? Because you get super busy, but it's what you're busy at. So as an old boss of mine used to say, activity gets you busy, productivity gets your results. So how do you make sure you're focused on your time? And Mr. Jones, if only we knew someone who had like a passing acquaintance with a concept around the old Pareto 80-20 principle. Anybody you know, Mr. Jones, who we might address this kind of topic too can you give me a minute i'll look in my contact list to see if i can see anyone yeah Um, see if you can find a real expert on this in the meantime phil have you have you got any thoughts yeah i can i I can stand in until we find a stand in until we find a real expert yeah but i know i know it's quite seriously phil you you're a staunch advocate for this and i know you've helped a lot of salespeople with this yeah really helped so share share your words of wisdom i will come to the pareto element of this in a second if i may but i would like to support your opening remarks and one of the things that all three of us have done in our careers is spend many an evening with training course delegates and evening meals in hotels and the like And one of the most frequent comments that I used to hear in those situations were salespeople six months, nine months into the job saying, quote, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have called on half the people I've called on. So it certainly suggests that there's been some wasted effort there. And uh, if they could put the clocks back they would tackle it slightly differently. So three ideas from me before I hand back to uh, you lesser experts. Um, Idea number one is that 
Uh, if you think about the prioritization of any customer base, I would like to suggest it's defend it, develop it, and innovate it. What I mean by that is that within any 200 customers, that was your example, Simon, within that crop of 200 customers, um, where do we need to defend those customers uh, where there might be some service go issues going on or they might be under heavy attack from competitors or whatever. So hanging on to what we've got is an important element of the criteria. Uh, secondly, uh, then work on those customers where there is a, a clear development opportunity where you can sell additional product, brackets more of the same, or of course, new products and services. And then there's a third element, which is innovate. That tends to have a much longer time frame on it, uh, where you might be looking at what you can do with a 12 to two year time frame with your most important key accounts, probably referred to as partners, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the second idea um, comes from uh, a meeting that I had with an account manager some years ago, where very proudly, he said to me, well, I'm very pleased with my work on this account. Um, my business has gone from uh, £65,000 up to £95,000. Uh, that's a good result, isn't it, Phil? Uh, to which I said, it might be. And he was a little bit miffed by that until we then sat down and we drew up a matrix of all the products and services that he had the ability to sell and then down the left-hand side of the matrix, we put all of the competitors uh, uh, that were also jostling with this customer at the same time as him. So interestingly, although he's feeling very comfortable about moving from 65,000 to 95,000, we came to the conclusion that the customer was probably spending over 300,000 pounds on his type of products and services, in which case, Moving to £95,000 is just a start. It is not necessarily a great outcome. So making sure that we've got the full picture about what the customer is spending and where the customer is spending it is a key element, I think, to how you then yeah. prioritise where you're going to go on that little matrix. And my third example, which is very Pareto, back to your introduction, um, is the company that I worked with on the outskirts of Birmingham, where they had 666 customers, a very easy number to remember. If you think of which film was that, Exorcist or The Omen? Omen. The, Omen the Omen, thank you. Thank you, our, uh, our film critic there, Graham. Um, <laughs> and uh, what, they were, what they were not happy with was the amount of time and effort going into customers that were not producing the right elements of business. So the chief executive, a man called David, uh, after uh, I did some work with him on this, he basically uh, said, right, we're going to hive off six, six customers, uh, not too far adrift from 80-20, uh, and we will hive off the 100 customers that are giving us the most business today and they have the ability to give us the most business in the future. So it was a two-sided criteria, spend today and spend tomorrow. But they moved those 100 customers away from the remainder, and they then offered two managers within the business 
a startup opportunity with the remaining 566 customers. So they left the business to set up this new venture managing the 566. It made a lot of sense for David to do it because he was still supplying the chemical that went into this new business. So they were still getting a lot of revenue through this new startup business. So not surprisingly, 18 months later, the 100 customers that had been hived off, uh, they were now now producing business in excess of the original 666. That was after 18 months. And the two guys that went off to create the new business as uh, self-employed distributors, if you like, they were doing a roaring trade and David was happy because of the supply arrangement. So just to summarize my first three suggestions, the first little story was built around defend, develop and innovate. The second story was, do you know the total customer spend on your type of products and services? And the third little story, have a look at the 20% of customers that are giving you 80% of the opportunity. However, you want to define that and concentrate concentrate on the 20%. And maybe uh, if you are still going to work with the remainder, maybe that's all down to telephone contact uh, or doing something online with them, maybe as opposed to field-based sales teams that are going out to uh, actually meet them. So those would be my first three chaps. Yeah, and I think a thing I've done with a number of clients is help them put together some sort of segmentation, Phil, based on your input. So say on the vertical, your share of total spend of the customer – yeah. Um, across the other side, your the potential of the customer. So how much have you got against the potential and have six or nine boxes and it just works out who's who's spending a lot of money somewhere else. And that's a big uh, attack kind of customer who's yeah. spending a lot of money with you. But, you know, you've got most of it. That's a big defend customer. You can segment and decide which yeah. salespeople call on which ones, which do internal sales manage, which, do, you know, where do you put your A team to go out and really drive and build build the business? But you've got to step back from it, I think. And, yeah. And, have some way of deciding because I think for me, the thing I always say to folks about prioritization is it's not about what order you do everything in. It might be as in your great example, what are you not going to do anymore? And that's a very bold thing to say, we're not going to deal directly with these 500 customers. We're going to. And just on that point, uh, sometimes when I'm working with chief executives and say, what, what, what are the selection criteria for your customers? Uh, they look at me in a rather blank manner and say, well, you know, we'll do, with it. we'll do business with anybody as long as they've got a checkbook. And I'll say, well, hang on. Maybe the criteria should include the distance that they are away from you if you've got a field visit going on. Maybe it includes the potential spend that they could give you over a given period of time. Maybe it includes some target markets that you want to actually look at. And very often when a a customer has got a clear view of what they want in the pipeline, there then comes the issue, of course, of managing out over a period of time those customers that don't fit. And that doesn't mean abandoning them to the wolves. It means managing them out. So unless the customer is prepared to change the way that they're working, maybe, 
then they do get managed out over maybe an 18-month, two-year period of time. Well, this this also brings across to something I, I think as well is, is this prioritisation of customers. But then there's also probably you've got a big list of, or a list, I don't know how long necessarily, of, of opportunities. And I think a similar process is to, to qualify those opportunities and decide which ones you're most likely to win so that you can spend most time on those. And there are a number of frameworks that the very famous BANT, BANT, Budget Authority Needs Timing, invented by IBM, there's Medic, there's Scotsman, there's a variety of uh, um, uh, frameworks that are used to analyze an opportunity. And it it can be a customer as well, to a certain degree. What are the chances of winning? Do we want to win it? You know, are we are we going to be, you know, a good a good um, is it going to be successful for us if we do if we do win it? And then salespeople can say, do you know what? I'm not going to pursue that opportunity. And maybe sometimes you say to the customer, thank you ever so much for the tender document or the invitation. Uh, we, we decline. We decline to bid on this. Thank you for considering us. But uh, thank you. Thank you. And no, thank you, because your chances of winning are quite low you know if, yeah. if, if 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 the tender document for example or the rfp has been clearly heavily influenced by the current incumbent and the current incumbent has re-won the contract the last three times in a row something serious is going to have to happen for that to change so you might want to say i'm going to spend my time where I'm far more likely to, to, to win. Mr. Jones, thoughts from your side on this whole topic? I was going to pick up on what Phil said about um, chief executives saying, if they've got a checkbook, I'll work for them. Um, that That's a completely useless position because if they have got a checkbook, it suggests that they are very old fashioned in their payment systems. <laughs> um, and that's going to create hassle for you because you're going to have to physically get that check to the bank, which is going to cost you money. Uh, so what you want is people are going to pay you directly and not people who are going to issue a check. Um, but this is an important factor that often people will be servicing a client who is actually a drain on their business because of the hassle factor. And that hassle factor doesn't get looked at in terms of the sales. So in terms of Phil's example of going from 65,000 to 95,000, that extra 30,000 might have actually cost the business 40,000 in time. And so actually it's a 10,000 pound loss not a £30,000 gain. And that doesn't get included in many of the calculations because the extra time that somebody's working and the the denial of time on another account doesn't get included in the sales analysis. That's included in the HR spend. But actually, for the business point of view, the hassle factor, the those clients down the bottom of the list, that bottom 20%, who are causing you endless hassle are a drain on your business, and I would get rid of them. I I would look, you know, 666 customers. um, There's 130 there. You shouldn't be servicing at all because they are almost certainly costing your business a waste of time and money. The top 130, the top 20%, are the ones where you're going to be getting 80% of your income. So actually, you should be focusing on those much more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But the bottom ones, the people who are not spending much with you, 
inevitably, they're the ones who cause you most hassle. They ask more questions because they don't know your company so well. They take up more time uh, because you don't know them so well. And actually, they're a drain on the business. Let them go to the competition. There's really, I remember um, explaining the Pareto, the 80-20 kind of principle as a theory to, to a group of account managers one time. And you know, 80% of your revenue likely to come from 20% of your customers. And then I, I saw, you could, you know, when you see the cogs whirring, one, one guy was, and he went, do you think it's true that 80% of the hassle comes from 20% of the customers then? And I said, yeah, probably. Yeah. You yeah. probably are, you know, yeah. something like that. Very and, then true. I, and then I just waited and the cogs whirred and he went, yeah, you got to work out which ones are causing you the most hassle and whether it's worth mm. it, haven't you? Yeah. And I went, yeah, there you go, right? Because maybe it's worth it if they're spending a lot of money and you say, brilliant. But to Graham's point, I bet you've got some customers that are actually costing your company money, right? It's costing you money to look after them. And you might have to take a tough call on some of those. And this is where you sometimes as a salesperson, you've got to have a conversation with your manager as well, right? And have some have some serious looks at these territories, Um and is it worth it? So, you know, ideally, you prioritize your working day on customers with the greatest opportunity, either to lose or win business if they're existing or, or, or gain. And then within those customers, the opportunities that you're most likely to win. And then at the end of the working week, if you've got any time left, you might be able to pick up some of the other stuff. So I think my my key takeaway with prioritization is sometimes about what you're not going to do yeah. as, as much as as much as what you are. And have, you have to be a bit yeah. brave and bold sometimes. Yeah. I think well, I agree with about that. that yeah. You know. So, uh, gentlemen, any any closing thoughts? Any closing comments? No, I think I've had me two penny worth on that. Fantastic. Well, I love the six six six, and 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 you know that was a bold that was a bold move on behalf of that business, and yeah. uh, and we'll we'll avoid any number of the beast um, satanic kind of connections to that yeah. to that business, of course. So. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't want any of those satanic conspiracy theories. No, do. that sounds Getting... that sounds like one of your punk bands, doesn't it? Satanic conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting to see that on your next sweatshirt. I shall. I shall be going to their gig. The next. The next opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Get, get get me in there, Mr. Jones. Any uh, any comments from you before? We I, I only know that. The number of the beast was the Omen movie because it was filmed in Guildford while I lived there, um, and uh, they filmed it around Guildford Cathedral, and people were too scared to walk past the cathedral uh, <laughs> after the movie came out. Some <laughs> some superb marketing and advertising yeah. going going on yeah. there. So yeah. absolutely fantastic. So folks, with the uh, spooky film sets of Guildford as our our closing our closing comment. Uh, Get in, get in there and think about that prioritization, folks. So, you know, that's the way to make sure because we've all got the same number of working hours in the week, theoretically speaking. So, you know, like an investor would invest their dollars where they get the greatest return in the stock market. As sellers, we have to invest our hours and days into customers and opportunities that are going to bring us the greatest return on 
that time so should we should value our time and i think really focus in on that prioritization so hopefully that's given you some food for thought folks there are 250 or so episodes of the sales chat shows you're going to have to prioritize which of those you're going to listen to because you're, you're probably not going to be able to get through all 250 in the back catalog available from wherever you prefer to get your podcast we're all all the major podcast platforms please subscribe so you get notified of new episodes so on behalf of everybody at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling folks You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 